Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. Labor Day week is here. Here we go. There's the Johnny McKegg band. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. I want to know who the hell this guy is. Yeah, he hasn't been just, here. Just comes, just shows up. Comes randomly. and goes whenever he pleases. Drinks our Churchill Brewing yeah, Company yeah, beer. Yeah, and just yeah. I bring the Churchill Brewing Company beers. So bite me. We really need to change that drop-off point yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you guys let me organize things. <laughs> I'm Greg, by the way. <laughs> you can give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can follow me at Safamod. Follow me at Greg on Sports. Stravamod, by the way. No, it's not. It, it will Mr. never Steve. be. Mr. My name is still <laughs> that on Twitter. Yeah. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check out Instagram as well. Search PifflesPod. And, of course, the website, PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're on Skip the Dishes. And it's here. It is here. And you're welcome, people. Pumpkin spice season is here. Go get yourself a pumpkin pie blizzard at Dairy Queen. Steve's going to go get one right now. Yeah. Oh, well, you just the have to go to right our now. freezer, bud. There's one in the freezer. There's a pumpkin pie blizzard I was blizzard me leaving because I'm tired of talking about it already. Can I just... So, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Tuesday was the official pumpkin spice uh, launch. It's at August! At Starbucks. Guess what? It worked. Guess what? It worked. I went and got myself a pumpkin spice frap on the way to work, and my work wife even got me a pumpkin spice latte. You have a work wife? Yeah. Huh. Even has a girl name. It's a unisex name. <laughs> I'm so confused. As are the people who think that pumpkin spice in August is even remotely acceptable. It was a cold dreary rainy day it was a beautiful fall day you're just asking for it to stay fall yeah i love no! fall fall's my favorite give me 20 degree weather for at least that's another fall month. no like warm 20 not cold 20 screw you steve mm-hmm. on. 20 go, degree, go 20, buy a pumpkin spice or 20 pumpkin pie blizzard from dq we, i won't we, we did yeah i, I won't did. I love them. I will buy a different kind of blizzard. Well, more for you than if you go to Dairy Queen and get the pumpkin pie blizzard. I love this debate every single year. Yeah, I know. Steve gets so fired up. so mad We've got year. pumpkin pie and Chris Straveler tonight. He, I'm coming in pissed I'm off. This is a good week. pumpkin cookies right now. They weren't pumpkin spice like I told you. I was right. I didn't yeah. lie to you. No, he told I the truth. I also didn't tell the entire truth. But, yeah, you told uh, me though. That's not a lie. We're also a proud sponsor of the CFPN. You guys should see Steve's face right now. The Canadian Football Podcast Network, and we're a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Yeah, go back to your fantasy draft, Steve. Steve's doing his NFL fantasy draft right now. So if he's a little distracted, it's because he doesn't know who to take. We have a lot to get to here. Let's get right down to it. Time for the opening kickoff. Stupid Chris Stretler. Forty to eighteen, the Riders dismantle the Ottawa Red Blacks last Saturday night, and uh, that was a lot of fun. That was probably the most fun I've had at a game in a long, long time. I want to start right off the bat. Let's go with the defense. How about 
three straight series, three straight interceptions. Nick Marshall, LJ McCray, and then Derek Moncrief chasing Dominic Davis from the game. He was three of six. Great, all his great, passes were completed. Yeah, great passing percentage. Just half of them were to the Riders, and almost all of them returned almost for touchdowns. I thought Marshall was going to break that one. Like I was, I had a, I was in Edmonton on a vacation there, and had to watch the game on TV, and it looked like he was actually going to bust that all the way. I was sitting in the stadium, and it looked like he was going to bust that the whole way. That was uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. Dominique Davis was the best rider quarterback out there. I was actually surprised. I thought the very the very first play they should have gone after Nick Marshall right after they handed the ball off. I was like, hey, they, you know what I would have done? I would have tested him deep, see what happens. He's the guy that we beat for three touchdowns in you know week two with the same quarterback. And then I don't know why Dominique Davis thought that throwing it to rider players was the best idea, but threw it right to Marshall was the first Marshall. One. His second one to LJ McCray, I don't know where he was throwing it to. To LJ McCray. There was literally no one else around him. Yeah, he just split two receivers for some reason. Guy zigged when he should have zagged, and it went right between the two of them. And the Derek Moncrief pick, he made a good break on the ball, too. So his receiver was open. Moncrief just came out of nowhere and and swooped in. And technically on the first one, Marshall made a... I I don't know how it looked in the stadium, but they showed a couple replays on it. And Marshall did make a play on it. He left his guy. Like He is lucky that uh, Davis was locked in. Or if, because he left his guy wide open to go get that ball. It was a smothering defense. That's what we like to see out of this team, and it just didn't stop from there. They scored 17 points off those three interceptions, and, and that was essentially the game right there. That that just set the tone, and, and that was about it. We could talk about the defense a little bit more, but I kind of want to go to the offense because they showed a whole bunch of different things that we haven't seen yet this year, and I want to get you guys' reaction on that. One. Welcome back to the end zone, Naaman Roosevelt. How nice was it to see him finally get one? And on a nice play too, the the escaped escaped route for escaped sack from uh, Fajardo. A nice pass. Love seeing Roosevelt get in the end zone. More of that, please. And Roosevelt was running that deep out, and he curled back in when he saw Fajardo was in trouble. And that's the great thing about having a veteran receiver like um, Rosie right there. He he recognized what was happening and made it made a play so his quarterback could make a play to him. Speaking of veteran receivers. It looked like the uh, Manny Arsenal of old was back. I know that big play that he had got taken back by penalty, but it was nice to see the little bushwhacker uh, arm thing that Manny does all the he time was with the marching. big play. He was back looking like old Manny. Um, definitely a great plan by the Riders. Nine different receivers, I think I saw. They spread the ball around a lot. That was a great. And then, how about that catch by uh, Linus? Like off, off, just like this close. And I know you can't see because it's on you, but it was like an inch <laughs> off the ground. Before, so it didn't hit the it didn't hit the turf and a great catch by him as well. I thought that was a drop the whole way. I was I was waiting for the challenge flag and then the replay came up beautiful. Another little sprinkle of genius this game. Cody Fajardo looked well good again. A touchdown run again for the third straight game. He's up to what six or seven this year and William Powell two more. He has nine touchdowns this year. So those two guys are keeping this offense moving. We've matched, didn't haven't we matched the last year's touch offensive touchdown total halfway through the season? Yep. That is either both great and pathetic at the same time, but yeah, I'll take it. Pathetic? Pathetic. Great? Maybe? Mm. I don't know. Pathetic? Yeah, pathetic's good. Shaquille O'Neal mash words are. Can we we never again mention how bad last year's offense was? That would be glorious. This one is so much more fun to watch. Please, Please don't bring it up. And, and that's what's nice about this team is there's actually an offense to watch. The running game's going. We can throw the ball. 
you don't like seeing guys get hurt, but Zach Lowe's getting hurt on the third play of the game was the best thing for this franchise in, God, I don't know how long. Because it got us Cody Fajardo. And that's one of the things. Like, all these teams are like, who are the Riders beat? Who are the Riders beat? And, like, everyone's coming in hurt. We lost our quarterback third play of the year. and We've been playing with a backup longer than anybody else. And it's working out for us. That's not true. Dominic Davis and Jonathan Jennings have been starting all year in, in Ottawa. They're three, three more plays than we do, I guess. <laughs> well, they also won their first game against Calgary, something that we couldn't do. But We'll win our second one. But, Greg, you bring up a great point. People complain, well, who have the Riders beat? Who have the Riders beat? Nobody. They haven't beaten anybody. Edmonton has six wins. Who have they beat? Toronto twice. BC twice. Montreal in very first week of the year against Antonio Pipkin. And Ottawa. They've beat nobody. But guess what? Everybody else is hurt. Nobody's beat anybody. Everybody's on a level playing field. So I don't buy this while well, they haven't beat anybody. You can only play who you're, you know, put up against, right? Mm-hmm. The goal is still the same. You still have to win. They're all professional athletes. They're all professional teams. Ottawa side. <laughs> okay, well, they're, I mean, they do have a better record than like, Toronto and BC. But... Yeah, but Toronto and BC look like they're on the rise, and Ottawa's getting worse. Ottawa's definitely on the slide, and BC looks like they can win games. They just don't want to they, at this point. I don't get it. They play a good 30 minutes, and then they just decide not to. I mean, maybe not 30 minutes last week where they only got three points in the first half against Hamilton. But look at Hamilton. They lost their starting quarterback. They're still 8-2, and two, so they're still beating teams. See, the thing with BC, though, is they play 30 minutes, and then uh, Riley takes a 30-minute nap because he's on his back so much. getting used to hit, right? Oh, my God. How nice was it to see Brett Lothar back? It's nice going into a game feeling absolutely comfortable with a kicker, not like we have for what is it four, three weeks, three or four games. Yeah, yeah. it's it's been it's been real. I love Brett Lothar. You know he's automatic, even though he did miss. But you know you it's even though like he missed, it's, sti- it's still I, I'm a lot more comfortable with him back there. I'm definitely more comfortable with anything over forty yards than I was with Ferraro. That's for sure. And one final thing I want to bring up to the uh, about this past game, Riders winning 40-18, of course. What do you guys make of the big play chain? I think it's fun. The boycott average. So every time a player makes a play, they put the chain on the sidelines. That's a really nice-looking chain. I'm not into this whole bling thing. I'm, I'm definitely not a, a jeweler guy. But that thing is cool. I'll give the you guys' face when I say bling. I'll give the riders store credit. They were quick to jump on that one, not like the pre-orders. They don't have them in stock, so but, but they got only... them out there. That is the idea. Well, and that's and Lord knows I complain about the riders marketing team enough, and thank God they're on top of this. But actually, I think the coolest thing I saw about that entire chain when Powell got that touchdown, he actually gave it to Bladek because Bladek was a guy who sprung him on that on that long run. But so he came to the sideline, and whoever got had the chain before him put it around his neck. Powell took it off and gave it to Bladak because I didn't see that. Yeah, that's one. I guess one of the few things you get to see by when you're not watching the game in the stadium. Was like, that shows you where this team is, though. That's a that's a lot of respect from a from a veteran guy to to give it. He know he knows who. Uh, what's the term? Who butters his bread? Yeah, he, you, you know who he knows. He knows what's up. It's a lot like uh, Corey Sheets. Every time he got a touchdown or had a hundred yards or whatever it was in twenty thirteen, hundred yard game, yeah, hundred yard game. He took his offensive line out for burgers. That had to be expensive, Bill. By the end of that season, he, was, he had a lot of hundred yard <laughs> games that year. But pretty six, sure he paid it off with his NFL signing bonus. But six and three, the Riders have won five straight for the first time since anybody. 
2013? 2014. Ooh. Yes, yes. Is it really? Yeah. It's been that long since the Riders have won five straight games. Well, when we win the first quarter this week on in Winnipeg, it'll be five games. In Winnipeg? No, no. When we win the first quarter against Winnipeg this week, there you go. it'll be yes. five games. Mm-hmm. Oh. That joke originally went right over my head. And I like, pieced it together the second time you said it. I, I, I got it, and I just didn't think it was funny, so I wasn't well, going to react. There you go. That's usually where we go. <laughs> so again, a 40-18 to 18 win. Riders going to 6-3, and three, and this... Upcoming back-to-back against Winnipeg, that's going to determine possibly first place. first place. That's nuts. Who would have thought that? That'll be a lot of fun. We'll talk more about that Labor Day game in just a little bit here. The opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion Royal LePage. CFL Tweet of the Week time. What do we have the, this week? For the first time ever, the CFL Tweet of the Week is going to a player. What? Yep. They don't count. Come oh, on. Oh, this one does. Jeff Tex? So, well, he no, would have gone a few weeks back because he hasn't tweeted. But but it is a reply to Jeff Hecht, and it goes to Richie Leone. So for anyone who isn't paying attention, a month back, Jeff Hecht gave hell to uh, the Red long Blacks snapper. long snapper who tested positive for drugs. As we all know, a certain bomber tested positive for drugs, and we'll get into that in a minute. Anabolic Andrew. <laughs> I like that. And... Uh, Richie Leone responded. So Jeff Hecht gave hell to the Red Blacks player. Richie Leone, who's the punter for the Red Blacks, goes, I think we're all just waiting on team spokesman at Jeff Hecht 24 for his take on the matter. Very interested in what he has to say since he's so well-versed on the drug policy. <laughs> and he is not the only player that has ripped into Jeff Hecht. There has out. been a bunch. Uh, and he Derek hasn't Dennis, said a damn thing. Deron Carter, Eric Rogers. Eric Rogers yeah. like- I saw a meme and I, I forget it was on one of the Ryder fan page you know, on fan pages on Facebook. It was a meme and it was Duron Carter with a big smile on his face and I said, "Who would have thought I'd get or Andrew Harris would get suspended for drugs before I would?" Hilarious. Yep. I this whole situation is amazing. And I'm sorry if you believe him. Good for you, and we'll get into it. I won't. I'll give my opinion later. Well, no, let, let, let's do that right now. So Andrew Harris gets suspended two games. He'll miss the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl, the two most crucial games of the season right now. CFL loves the Riders. Oh, you're one of them. Oh yeah, there's that tinfoil hat you got on there, Greg. Crinkle, crinkle. Um, so he, he'll miss those games. Tested positive. His B sample got tested positive. Uh, for a little bit of trace and uh, of a bad banned substance, so I like Andrew Harris. I think he's one of the top what three players in the league. He's an absolute phenomenal talent, one of the nicest guys in the league as well too. And I truly believe that he didn't take something banned on purpose. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's never their fault. It's always the supplement company or or whoever sold it to him that didn't tell him. It's always their fault, right? You're still putting something in your body. And if you don't know exactly what's in there, they have tra- your trainers. Take that product to your trainers. Here's the problem. And then I always find this a problem with anytime someone goes, it's a supplement I took and I went and bought myself. Um, there's a list uh, the Canadian Anti-Doping Association puts out there that tells you of supplements that have been tested and that have been approved that will not cause anything. Um, if you buy something, you can give it to your team and they, they will get, go get it tested for you. There's, and that's always the problem with testing the substance that apparently caused this to happen after the fact is because you don't know when it was tainted. So it's fishy. I hate it. And it's 
it's an easy excuse for something that I don't necessarily believe, unfortunately. See, and here's here's my thoughts. And we hear all these, well, why would a guy take drugs if he gets tested so often? So if you're gonna if you're gonna dope up, when is the most likely time you're gonna do it? Right after you got tested, because they're not gonna test you again right away. You think? Except they did. Except they did, and maybe they maybe they found something they weren't quite sure of in the last test and jumped on it real quick. I don't buy it. I'm, I'm sorry. We, we we live in a world now where every athlete it's. I didn't do it. It was an accident. Oops. You're still putting something in your body. Yeah, it's 100% on you. Know what you're doing. And like you said, they have this list of things they can take. Why are they taking the, what did uh, what did Derek Taylor call it, the rhino the rhino energy yeah, pill or whatever, right? Like, you don't need to do that. I say screw it. Let them all know. Let them all take this kind of stuff. It puts everybody back on the same playing field. Remember 1998 Major League Baseball season? Who didn't love Sammy Sosa versus Mark McGuire? You love well, Come on. I'm you, just kidding. Probably didn't I just wanted to be the, the argumentative side. Everybody loved that. Barry Bonds, as much as we know he's a cheater. 73 home run season? That was fantastic to watch. He was just popping dingers everywhere. <laughs> and it also led to my favorite baseball memory that had nothing to do with that. That was a good time in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, let everybody know. Who cares? They're all in the same, same play. If you need that, I get it. You take supplements for an advantage. A guy who's 32 years old in a workhorse position like running back, like he is with 45% of the team's total touches, and he's getting better after the 30 mark, which is the you know the, the wall, so to speak, for, for running backs. Totally legit. Right. And and that's the thing, though, is like the people that are always taking the drugs are always going to be two steps ahead of those who are trying to catch them. That's the way it's always been, and that's the way it always was. Like I said in my piece that went live today, Alex Rodriguez never actually failed a drug test. But he got the longest ban in uh, Major League Baseball outside mm-hmm. of Pete Rose. Roger Clemens never got busted on a drug test, but he's one of the faces of the steroid era, technically. Should Andrew Harris be in contention for uh, most outstanding player? That's that's a good debate I saw on the, on social media. Was that is it tainted now? Is, yes. Is this MLP because it's basically between him and him and Trevor Harris? I I did a, a Twitter Twitter poll on that. Sixty eight percent of people said no. The other thirty two percent were Bombers fans. <laughs> and that's true though. Like I I had Bombers fans like, oh, of course he's, he's going to come back. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder and he's going to blow away the league because he's going to put his head down and I'm like. I mean, two games, two games rest in the middle of the season. That's kind of big. Yeah, but then don't get me wrong, but it's still like I'm a Patriots fan. Every year, I have to hear about Tom Brady and footballs and deflated footballs. There's so many things that point to Tom Brady actually not doing it more than there is that point to Tom Brady actually doing it. Except for the deflated footballs. It's called science, Point Dexter. Use, <laughs> use those glasses. I but, do like the fact that Tom Brady did get suspended for. Possibly having a general no, knowledge no, of, of it happening. Of something happening. I know that's that's the best thing. It was like it was the most vaguest wording ever. But not that he actually did it, but he may have had knowledge that someone did it for him. Maybe he I don't know. He deserved it. Anyway, he's a cheater. And then that's it. And that's always going to be the case of possibly one of the greatest quarterbacks ever asterisk. is always going to be having asterisks beside him. So I am telling you right now. Andrew Harris, if he's an MOC or MOP, there better be a bloody asterisk behind it if we got to hear about three quarters of a game in Montreal. Anabolic Andrew. I can't take credit for that. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere else. That was funny. All right, well, we'll talk a little bit more about the Bombers here in a little bit. You know what we haven't done in a while? A good solid rant. I think I was pretty close on that one. You were close. My turn. <laughs> asterisks. So on this week's Churchill Brewing Company Rant of the Week, 
I want to call out CFL fans. And this is just in general. Last week, IG Field hosted the NFL preseason game, which was a complete joke, by the way. That's a totally different topic between the Packers and the Raiders. So they ended up playing on their 80-yard makeshift field, uh, which was kind of a joke because the Raiders play on dirt, yeah, a baseball field anyway. So why people were complaining about a little small hole in the end zone, whatever. Anyway, CFL fans wanted this to fail from the get-go. I think it's because it's an inferiority complex that we have in Canada that we're jealous of the NFL. Is our game more exciting? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. There's a lot of dull games in the CFL. There's a lot of great games in the NFL. And I know I'm going to piss off the hardcore CFL fans here, but I like both games. I find CFL more like checkers, and I see the NFL more like chess. It's a little bit more of a methodical thing. You're more worried about the clock than you are, so it's a little bit more timing than anything. CFL is just bombs away, let's score a boatload of points. But this want for the NFL to fail at anything in Canada is just ridiculous. Why wouldn't you want this to be good? You should want this to succeed so that they'll bring players here. That we'll get to see an Aaron Rodgers, we'll get to see an Antonio Brown play in our smaller little stadiums. I don't know why we can't just embrace it or just let, let people have their fun. If people want to go and spend $400 for overpriced crappy tickets for a joke of a preseason game, let them. Let them have fun. If it's not for you, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But automatically calling it a failure, I mean, yeah, you're right. It was a failure. But at the same time, wanting everything to just suck and everything, like, what do you say? You don't like a certain movie, so you want it to fail? It doesn't matter. I don't want Star Wars to fail. I, I don't really care about Star Wars, but I don't hope that everybody goes there, wastes their money, and, and hates it. I don't want it to flop. Go out and enjoy it. I don't care. It's entertainment. Let people spend their money. But it just seems like any time that the NFL is brought up to CFL fans, it's like, oh, the, the NFL sucks. This whole jealousy thing, just it, it got to me last week, and I'm just sick of it. Just let people enjoy the game. If you don't want to go, don't go. That's fine. If you don't want to watch the NFL, don't go. Just don't crap on it. There's no reason to. Why are we always so negative with everything that we do? And that's as a whole as society. I can see it. I, I see it your way. Like, I see it both ways, actually. Because I see your way where you had the CFL fans were basically grabbing a voodoo doll and sticking pins in Roger Goodell as much as they could. And then you, but you also get this, when the NFL season started, all you see is, oh, good, real football started. And There's absolutely a, that as well. And I, so I, I see it both ways. And... I, I think the fun, the most fun I had though, during the entire Winnipeg debacle, was watching like ESPN writers and personalities commenting basically how Canada dropped the ball for their great game. And I'm like, come on! No, that was not Canada's fault. Yeah, that, that, not that, it has nothing to do with Winnipeg. It has field. nothing to do with the CFL or even IG Field. It was bad promotion and the fact that the NFL waited till an hour before the game to inspect the field is no they they uh cleared it the day before oh the the nfl and the and the pa approved the field as a packers fan that that whole debacle was 100 percent on my team their their gm came out started kicking at the little square of turf and he wanted a reason to not play Aaron Rodgers. yep that was all it was and it was ridiculous i mean i feel bad for the people that paid a lot of good money to watch what they were told was going to be and what should have normally been the starters I mean, as, as a Packers fan, I don't want my team sitting starters in the third preseason game. That's when they get their work. Here's my point. If it was going to become a glorified scrimmage anyway, why not just pl- play on a Canadian-sized field? That way you don't have to worry about it. That would have been fun to watch. Could you imagine guys like Antonio Brown, you know, Le'Veon Bell, 
some of the some of those guys that that are fun to watch on an NFL smaller field they, have the room to go. A few years ago, the NFL to, to avoid to help with injury problems was kicking around the ideas of bigger fields, but of course, a lot of their stadiums can't handle them right now because of the They're built to the spec. So this is your chance to basically field test a game for a larger field. Why not? It, it would have made more sense. It was going to be glorified scrimmage anyway. So let's try it out. All right, moving back to this side of the border. Time for this week's Underdogs memorabilia, Piffle's player profile. This week, here's a little bit of Riders' backup quarterback and special teams ace, Brian Bennett. Brian, you Labor Day's coming up. You were a bomber. Now you're a rider. You excited to see it from both sides? Sure, we'll be, we'll be ready to roll. and uh, I guess it will be uh, different seeing it from this side, playing, playing here in front of this home crowd uh, in that game, and I'm sure that'll be electrifying. So... So you've really made your um, name this year playing special teams, laying out some players. Isn't that kind of weird for a quarterback normally? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess it's not you know your typical job that you get from a backup quarterback. But um, shoot, it, I, I'm a, I've always said I'm a football player. You know, I think a lot of quarterbacks are. A lot of guys are. You know, they have that competitiveness to them. They got to be tough. So that's something that's kind of been you know natural for me for a long time. And, you know, I played high school uh, defense and uh, shoot even at Oregon when I was there they were talking about moving me to safety so it's kind of always been a conversation of you know me having other abilities and uh, you know it's uh, I'm not playing quarterback so it's fun to at least get a chance to make some plays and next year with the CFL talking about only going to two quarterbacks doesn't hurt your uh, job prospects at all does it yeah I don't know we'll, we'll see about that uh, how that's going but um, shoot I'm just gonna going to keep trying to make plays and keep getting better at quarterback along the way and hopefully I can keep playing for a while. So speaking of Oregon, you went to Oregon, then you went to Southeastern Louisiana. Yep. Um, what's going from a big, was it Pac-10 or Pac-12 back then? Uh, it was my, what was it my first year, I guess, was the last year of the Pac-10, so and then pa we became the Pac-12. Pac so going from a big Pac-12 school to Southeastern Louisiana, what kind of culture shock was that, I guess? Man, that was a huge culture shock. One, just from uh, going from kind of such a prestigious organization or yeah organization and, and school like Oregon with the facilities and all that to going down to which is still a, a great program at Southeastern but you know obviously there's, there's no Nike money running through there and things like that and then just going from being you know uh, in the northwest to going to the south in Louisiana was a whole nother you know actual cultural shock um, but it was awesome experience. I met a lot of people there that are still, you know, friends, Daniel, family, you know, to this day and always will be. So it was a great experience, uh, both for football and in life. Okay, so we're going to do some rapid fire, then I'll get you out of here. Uh, Coke, Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi. Cookies or cake? Cookies. Slub Crush. Uh, Christina Miliana. Good choice. Um, now you, now you threw me. Uh, if you go back in history, have a meal with anybody, who would it be? Uh, Tupac. Man, you're blowing my mind here. That's a good choice as well. Um, Cody Vajardo made made a picture famous with that with ketchup on a corn dog. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Uh, most important question: dogs or cats? Dogs. All right. There's a little bit of Brian Bennett here on the Underdogs Memorabilia Piffles Player Profile Labor Day Week, gentlemen. Let's move on here. Let's get to our Tall Grass Apparel Enemy Preview. Before we talk about the game itself, Labor Day memories. 
Do we bring up the two obvious ones? Kerry Joseph in 07, Rocky Butler in 01, 02, whatever year it was. Yeah. With his three touchdowns. What about runs. the 52 nothing ass kicking of the Bombers? 52 Sorry, butt kicking of the Bombers. Was amazing. What's your guys' favorite memory? I can remember. I don't remember a lot of games, moments from games. I remember that Kerry Joseph run like it was yesterday. That, that'll that'll probably go down as my favorite Labor Day memory to the day I die. Every time I scroll through, like, every time that, like, clip comes up on Twitter, because it comes up a lot, I watch it every time. And every time, I keep on going, oh, yeah, there's no stance in the nor- uh, North End Zone at that point. <laughs> or South End Zone at that point. It's like, wow. So we asked this on, uh, on Twitter. What's your favorite Labor Day classic memory? And, of course, those... The KJ game, the Rocky Butler game, the 52-0 game came up a couple times as well. Um, a couple uh, really nice ones that I liked here. Outside of that, Murray says, my first Labor Day Classic was 1982, so he remembers that one. Joe Pow Pow to Ray Elgard for the late winning touchdown in 1986. And uh, in 83, Ken Clark kicking the game-winning field goal just days after the passing of his mom. So I can imagine the uh, emotion in the crowd in that one would have been uh, just kind of great to be around. But my favorite one was from Krista, and she's actually one of the CFL Tweet of the Week, but I like this. My very first time ever stepping foot in Saskatchewan was for Labor Day 09. I was in Section 28 and realized this town was the funnest place with the best people and moved here a few months later. Turns out I wasn't wrong. So that's pretty cool to hear that you go to Section 28. and I mean, Steve, you and I sat in Section 27. Greg, you were in, in Old Taylor Field as well, too. Oh, yeah. And Eastside. Didn't matter where you sat. That was... That was the best place to be. Yeah, I didn't have season tickets back then, but I always loved being over there. I, I probably cut my teeth more than I'd like to admit in Section 28. Before I had season tickets, you get single game tickets. If you want a party, mm-hmm. 28 was the place to be. And was like, and where, else, where else could you yell, Ballsy sucks at a hot tub? <laughs> I yelled that last game. <laughs> <laughs> was a hot tub involved? Uh, no. There needs to be a hot tub in the new stadium, and I want to sit in it. Just because hot tub. Preferably in November. Oh, Great Cup 2020. There you go. See if we can sponsor a hot tub. The Pipples Podcast, Great Cup Hot Tub. <laughs> nobody's going to want to sit nobody's in No one's going to want that. No, no, no one's going to want that. No, we'll wear shirts. It'll be fine. And a couple other ones. Gene Draper says uh, 56 to 4 in 1995 and 55 to 11 in 1990 uh, were great. He thinks uh, Fairholm caught a 107 yard touchdown in the 1990 game. So hopefully we get a repeat of something like that this week here. Uh, now, speaking of this week's game, Riders against the Bombers, we'll mention it again. Andrew Harris out for two weeks. Jader. But on the plus side, they've got a great backup running back in Chris Trebler. I made that joke already. Did you? When? <laughs> Today on Twitter. Oh, I missed or, it. Sorry, yesterday on Twitter. I, I, got, I got you muted, so I don't care. That's uh, I, <laughs> I would do that, too, if I was you. <laughs> no, actually, oh, I, I, still, I still don't pay attention because it's Steve. That's fair. That's fair. I don't even pay attention to the stuff I say. <laughs> um, so, Harris out for two weeks. Johnny Augustine going to... Uh, take his place and I saw somebody saying well we got Johnny Augustine you better watch out this is a guy who couldn't crack a couple different rosters that didn't really have any good running backs so who's on our roster I, and he didn't couldn't crack it I saw somebody say he could be a starter on a bunch of different teams no, he can't. you want to talk about being a homer good lord tell me what he's done that makes you think he could be a starter on any team. Well, they've hey, come on, guys, they got got to have what like three professional carries in his career. God, they've got Johnny damn, Augustine who can start on any it. team, and they got a thousand yard receiver Nick Dembski. They've got the best quarterback in the league with Chris Trevler. We're screwed. 
you know, we, we make fun of that, but Nick Dembski is the guy who's probably going to get a, a few more touches here with Andrew Harris out. Harris gets 45% of their touches. Dembski is next, actually. Yeah. And he's he's put together, we joke about it, got a little bit of an inside joke with the 1,000-yard thing. But he's having a pretty good year. And, and I, I love Nick Dembski. Like, I'm not, every time I say that is not take a shot at Nick Dembski. I think he's a hell of a player. He's had injury problems, and that's kind of ha- that kind of hampered him here and with Winnipeg. But I think he's a hell of a talent. And he could he could be a thousand yard receiver if used properly, but they've got so many other weapons. And and when Andrew Harris has taken up half your offense, well, he doesn't need to be a thousand yard receiver yeah. for that team, right? This is exactly what happens. This is a problem when you put the majority of your team on the shoulders of one guy, and then sit him. Well, see him get suspended for being a cheater. I mean, do you, do you feel bad for Bombers fans? I don't. Because every other team, I mean, every other team has had problems, have had issues. We're without our best offensive lineman and have been all year in Brendan Labatt. Who knows if he's even going to play again. So we don't even know what the issue is going on. The team's been super quiet about that, and I don't really like that, but whatever. But every team has problems. Every team has injuries. Even in week one, teams have injuries. You'll never get a team's best team. You'll never, ever get it. It's, it's literally impossible. There's always some nicks. There's always somebody being held out for, you know, whatever reason to keep them fresh later in the year or whatever. You're always going to have that. You can only play the teams that are put in front of you. And this is the team that the Riders have in front of them. And once again, the league loves the Riders and is screwing the Bombers on purpose. Oh, good. The and there's Bombers people who it. believe that. Oh, I see. I They're see. the same morons who think that Johnny Augustine would be a starter on half the teams. Sorry. I'm... <laughs> and Chris Strebler is actually good. Let's talk about Chris Strebler. That Let's was the next not. point. Starting again, of course. Who would okay, raise your hands. No. <laughs> if if I would have told you that Strebler would have completed seven, what is it? Nine passes, seven passes, whatever it was last week, <laughs> throw for only 87 yards. Trevor Harris would throw for 350 plus, and the bombers would win. Raise your hand if you think the bombers would have won that. Nobody raising their hand. I don't know how this team can win with that kind of thing. Because they had two running backs. I, I picked well, I picked I, Edmonton, I picked oh. Edmonton to win, and by if you look at the box score minus the actual score, you would have thought Edmonton won that game. And the problem is, is Edmonton can't score in the in the red zone. They look a lot like the Riders of last year. They can move the ball between the twenties, but they cannot finish. They're kicking too many field goals, and it's going to cost them. And that's exactly what happened. But Winnipeg won that game because of their smothering defense. We'll get to that in a second. What would you do? I know Andrew Harris isn't playing this, so that kind of changes defensive game plan just a little bit. But what would you do if you're Jason Shivers, defensive coordinator for the Riders? How do you defend Chris Strebler? Contain him. Let him throw the ball. He can't. Simple as that. You yeah. don't need make, to make, make, his, make his arm beat you. So do you take Manny Arsenault, or do you take Solomon Elamimian and just let him spy Strebler the entire time? Absolutely. Do you give absolutely no respect to Johnny Augustine? No. None. Absolutely not. Unless, unless unless Augustine rips off a bunch of big yards plays on you, and then you bring in Cam Judge to mm-hmm. you know one of, he goes after the running back and Solly looks after. You Strebler. you you keep Strebler in a box and you make him try to throw uh, throw over you. That's it. If, if you test Chris Strebler and make him beat you with his arm, he won't. I think it a lot more depends on the defensive ends. If they aren't crashing down too hard and taking the outside gaps and allowing Strebler to run inside if they're if they're not getting too deep in the pocket that's good 
Don't let them just straight up run the quarterback, run after the quarterback. You're going to have to play contain, like you said. If they just let them throw it, easy victory. Should be. The one guy that you have to worry about the Bombers, though, is Willie Jefferson. Best athlete in the, in the league, hands down. Fight me on it. You mean you don't have to worry about Lucky Whitehead, the guy who's equally as good as Brandon Banks after one good game? Yeah, what's, Sorry. He, done, what's he done lately? Fail for my fantasy team more weeks he, 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 he liked my Willie Jefferson tweet. <laughs> hey, he's good but marketing for the league. Willie Jefferson's amazing, though. Three sacks last week. A uh, couple forced fumbles, four tackles. The big uh, uh, onside kick recovery, knocking the ball out of bounds. Had the best conversation with his hands I've ever seen. Dude is... A monster, and the news. He, that, he, he, did you see that? Yeah. He, he swiped at a ball, went to, like well, he went to intercept it and basically knocked it down, so it became a bat down or whatever the hell you want to call no, it. I, I got to avoid the Chris Strebler gong show. Oh yeah, and so he just basically had this conversation with his hands, basically talking with his hands, trying to why they why they basically let him down. Yeah, so he almost had a pick six in that game. Yeah, too. guy was everywhere, and uh, news came out that uh, the Riders lowball offered him only offered him one hundred seventy five grand to stay. And he took less to go to Winnipeg. They offered. They offered. Well, he took less than what Toronto offered. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. that that headline pisses me off. Yeah, Riders lowball. He takes less. They no, did. he didn't. Well, no, I agree that the Riders lowball, but he didn't take less in Winnipeg than we offered him. And that's what that headline was yeah. made to make him think. A hundred percent. I mean, he he took less to go to Tor- to not go to Toronto, but I mean, so do a lot of people. Didn't uh, Derek Dennis do that a couple of years back too? Yep. Um, well, but we've been the same thing. He, yeah. t- he took less money to go to Calgary over Toronto. Yeah. So, uh, the, I think the Riders made a mistake there. But I mean, who who would have expected we wouldn't see a similar season from Micah Johnson that he's given us for the last few years? He's still giving us pressure, but he's not giving us the numbers. Know, the numbers. Do you guys see this offense for the Riders bringing in a sixth alignment or? bringing in a, a receiver to kind of chip at Willie Jefferson just to try to disrupt him a little bit. Because I to. see that happening quite a bit. And when you look at what Cody Fajardo does, he scrambles and rolls around quite a bit. And he turns his back to the play way too much for my liking. And one, t- like somebody, I don't know how teams haven't figured that out yet. He literally does that all the time. How they, how they don't defend that, I don't get it. But against Willie Jefferson, you can't be doing that. Do you maybe take the offense and, and roll it away from Willie Jefferson all the time just to keep him away? You gotta keep you gotta keep them in check until they start playing Willie all over the field. Like you gotta get that play away from Willie and force Winnipeg's defense to do something to, to figure it out. I mean, they still have Adam Big Hill, so it's it's still a good defense in Winnipeg. And like I mentioned earlier, that was the reason why they beat Edmonton last week. It's not going to be an automatic win, even though it's Labor Day and it's an automatic win. I don't think it's as it's as easy as it should be on paper. It's going to be a defensive battle either way. It's going to be a low scoring affair, I think. I'll give my prediction on the game in a few minutes, but I don't think it's going to be as difficult as you guys are predicting. Okay, well, let's get right to our pick then. Labor Day weekend. Bombers at Riders. Riders. Because it's Labor Day. No. I'm sticking to my usual Riders by 10+. plus. They're not letting not me much down. Yeah. All right. Okay. Toronto at Hamilton. Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton. It's Labor Day. Anything can happen. Argos. They should have beat Montreal in the touchdown Atlantic game, but uh, Ronnie Edwards... Drop the ball at the very well, that's end. Why we got SJ Green was wide open on that play too. Edmonton at Calgary, which is actually this back-to-back Edmonton-Calgary. That's a huge, huge battle in the West. Battling for third. I've got Edmonton sweeping that series. 
actually like Edmonton on this one too. I'm taking Calgary. I don't trust Edmonton on the road and going up against a good team. I don't see Edmonton doing it. Do we know if Bowley by Mitchell's? I guess we won't know. We that won't until... know until what Thursday. Yeah. When they when they get back out and practice. Uh, uh, can I add a if Bowley by plays, Calgary wins? No, we can't add that. No. Damn. There is no Edmonton then. Audio evidence of you ever saying that. So you cannot add. Thank you. Make sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Labor Day is here. We got the Badger Bowl coming up next week. It's the best two weeks in the CFL outside of the playoffs, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Bomber fans, bring it. We absolutely love it when you show up here to Mosaic Stadium. Holy crap, we're on the road next week. And we are, yeah. Hitting the road with the Sold Out People's Podcast bus to Winnipeg for the Banjo Bowl. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that next week. Everybody enjoy Labor Day. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, go Riders. This has been the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. If you want to follow us individually, I don't know why you would, but you can. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can follow me at Finished My NFL Draft. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably an account. Or StrevoMod. StrevoMod. No, no. And follow me at Greg on Sports. Do you really want to hear me swear on an episode? Yes. You have done it before. No. In words that would get us not a friendly, what is it, a family rating on, on Apple? So just don't mention Al Bradbury. Best ref in the league. I, I got I got in trouble for uh, for commenting on the refing when we were winning last week, so I won't comment on Albert Bradbury's garbage refing today. Give us a like on Facebook as well, and check out the website pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Sorry, I just realized something I wanted to bring up. Stop the goddamn wave! Okay, I'm done. I didn't even notice. I was too busy being in shock of Andrew Luck dropping his retirement bomb. And then getting time. booed. Yeah, screw those fans. Yeah. Dinks. you got to give respect to a guy like Andrew Luck there. That you lost the love for the game. Your injuries have taken such a physical and emotional toll on you that you're going to walk away from hundreds of millions of dollars in your career. Imagine walking away from that kind of money. I don't know if I could walk away from one of those millions, <laughs> let alone hundreds of them. Well, it's different if you already have $100 million in the bank. You're saying I don't have one. I don't have no, one. You don't. <laughs> I don't. Night one, one of the XFL. Oh, my I God. That's know. Andrew Luck's music. Very possible. His dad, own, or his dad the runs league. the league as yeah. the commissioner. <laughs> Not going to happen. Anyway, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Res- got to respect a guy for doing that. Yeah. So good for you, Andrew Luck. Pibbles Podcast brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make the show possible. Pibbles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I promise we didn't give the dogs any sugar, but they're running around like it. Straight up meth. And we're a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We gotta go. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind, Tyler Gibbons.